Welcome to this New Life Podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence in our midst. Your word declares that where two or three are gathered together in your name, there you are in the midst of them. We thank you for your presence that brings peace, that brings wisdom, removing heaviness and confusion and doubt and fear, bringing peace and direction and strengthening our faith. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you. We thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for your presence that's touching lives, healing bodies, just washing over us and removing the unnecessary and reminding us of what's really important and the priorities of life. As we take time to worship you and give thanks to you and acknowledge who you are in our life. So we give thanks unto you, Lord, because you are good. You're good and your mercies, they endure forever. His word says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Just lift your hands one more time. Just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your goodness in every area of my life. Thank you that you're working in areas I don't even see. You're working on my behalf. You're taking the bad and you're turning it around for the good. Help me not to limit you by circumstance and situation. You are moving in areas beyond what my eyes see, beyond what my ears hear. And I thank you. Your plans for me are good. And I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, come on, rejoice. Before you're seated, listen to me carefully. Those were some of the most important minutes of your week where everything else is put aside and the emotions and the distractions and the input of the, of the world and everything that comes to you through social media, advertisement, people, opinion, and, and words and everything else, and the focus is just Him. That'll bring a strength into your life. That'll cause a joy to return into your heart as we take time to worship Him. Amen. Well, before you're seated, turn around, look at somebody, smile, give them a high five, tell them, it's good to see you today. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll probably be saying that the rest of the month as we begin this new year and first opportunity really for me to speak uh, on a Sunday this year. And uh, I want to continue and what the Spirit of God has been putting in, in our hearts concerning advance. And uh, I am ready to have a great year. Well, there's one brother there. He's... Now, is this your first time? 
Let me tell you, this guy, his first time in new life, he's over here dancing, and he's over here, and he's, come on. I see a first time in here clap for more than. I'm so glad a first-time visitor can wake up some of these old folks around here. So besides me and our first-time guests here, anybody else ready to have a great year? Yeah. Anybody (laughs) ready? What is your name? I like you. My name is Alejandro Alejandro. Sacramento, California. Well, welcome to New Life. Yeah. Well, besides me and Alejandro, anybody else ready for a great year? Yeah. Listen, you're either going to advance, stagnate, or retreat. What's it going to be? I want to go full. I want to increase. I don't want to decrease. Amen? So I want to go over some verses because Pastor Josel used some just phenomenal verses. I love the verses that he used. A lot of them are, are life verses to me that have been speaking to me for many, many years. And, uh, and I, I think sometimes when we, when we hear these wonderful, wonderful verses, we, we see them on the screen and, 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 and we get this emotional pump and this charge and we're going, oh yeah, but life is not built just on a momentary emotional high. Life gets built because we take that and we make it real. So it's not just the rise of an emotion temporarily, it becomes part of our life. And these verses are meant to become part of our life, not just to bump us up and bump us up and give us just a little momentary high or a buzz. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 verse 16 in the Passion Translation foundational verse of what we've been talking about says let us all let us all that means all of us say let us all all. if you look it up in the greek that means everybody let us all advance together not so we don't want to leave anybody behind we want you to grow we want you to increase we want your life better your home better your your marriage better your relationship with the people around you better your finances better your head better your heart better your money better your health better your joy better Amen. Let us all advance together to reach this victory prize, following one path with one passion. My beloved friends, imitate my walk with God and follow all those who walk according to the way of life we've modeled before you. So Paul says, look, we want to advance, but we want you to follow the way that we live. In other words, it's not just what God is doing for us, but it's what he's doing in us. If there's anything that the Bible says God has predestined us to do, he's predestined us to be conformed into the image of his son. The greatest thing you could ever accomplish in life is not the kind of job that you have. It's not the the size of your house. It's not how many cars are parked in the driveway. It's not how many different bank accounts that you have or the success of your businesses, the truest success that you'll be measured in life is how much you really were conformed into the image of Jesus. How much did you become like him? What if we realized that the Father's greatest desire for your life was how much you became like his son? Instead of us trying to do so much for him, and we would take a little more effort to be more like him. Because the more we're like him, that's where we get the motivation to do for him. I don't do for him to, to try to please him and gain favor. No, I've already received favor because of what Jesus did for me. And out of what he did for me, now I want to live 
and a life that's pleasing unto him. So I want to be more like him. So being always precedes doing. The kind of people that we become is priority, not the things that we're so busy doing to try to, try to gain recognition or build reputation. No, character is more important to God than performance. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, in the Amplified Classic, which I love this verse because it helps us to realize it's not about our own striving and our own struggling. It says, not in your own strength. It's God who is all the while effectively at work in you, energizing and creating in you power and desire. I love that. It's not that I have to create things. God is the creator. And he's creating and he's energizing. What does he create? Well, he creates desire. What does he energize? The power to bring the desire to pass. And when you begin to realize that you can trust godly desires, now you can get desires out of every part of your life. Your flesh can have desires. Your head can have desires. But God will bring desires from your heart. And when God puts a desire in your heart, then he backs it up with the power to bring it to pass. So energizing and creating both power and desire, both to will and to work, for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. One of the things that uh, Pastor Joseph said in the last couple of weeks, he said, sometimes God will offend you. And he'll do that to motivate you, to shake you up, to break you out of complacency. Another thing that I can promise you God will do is he'll make you nervous. One of the reasons that he makes you nervous is because he wants to take you in a way you've never been before. Listen, if you're going to have things you've never had before, enjoy things you've never enjoyed before, and live in a way you've never lived before, you're probably going to have to do some things you've never done before. Because if you keep doing the same old things you've always done, you're going to continue to have the same things you've always had. You're not going to change. And you cannot advance and you cannot increase without change. And the wonderful thing is there's a desire that God is birthing, that he's effectively at work on the inside of you, energizing and creating. He brings it forth, and then he empowers you to walk it out. The desire to be free, the desire to live differently, the desire to step out, maybe the desire to get involved, will be greater than any fears or apprehensions or hesitations that I have. Power always comes with desire. And I believe that one of the reasons as we talk about advance, and I preached this in, in the Saturday night and also the 8 o'clock, but last night on my way home, the Lord just began to speak to me. He says, you know, one of the reasons I want them to advance, one of the reasons I want my, my church and I want my people to progress is because I want them to come into the seasons that I have for them that they missed in the past. And he, he gave me this verse, uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 25. And says, I will restore or replace for you the years that the locust has eaten. When a locust comes into a country, it consumes everything. It leaves nothing. The leaves are gone. The fruit is gone. Everything is gone. It chews it up. It destroys. Not only does it steal that season's crop, but possibly ruin the plant that it does not even reproduce the next year. A year or two of fruit has been lost. 
And he says, I will restore to you the years, restore or replace. Listen, people can replace things, only God can restore lost seasons. You can lose something, a man can replace a thing. Only God can replace seasons. And, and let's be honest, there are many of us, and I will include myself in that, that I believe there's times and seasons in our life through mistakes or judgments or foolishness, things we've done, or sometimes things that other people have done to us. And, and there are true victims in life. And, and what happens is there are seasons where we were meant to be fruitful. There were seasons where we were meant to harvest. There were seasons where we were meant to increase and abound. But we lost some seasons and we lost some momentums. And God is saying, listen, I'm going to come and I'm going to restore and replace missed seasons of fruitfulness in your life. So as we go forward, we don't have to lament what I missed from my past. God says, what you missed there and there, I have it for you here. Come on, follow me. Advance with me. Increase with me. Progress with me. I will restore. Say that with me. Say, God will restore. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dwelt wondrously with you. And my people, I love this, shall never be put to shame. I believe that as we increase and we go forward, we are free from any shame of the past. That's God's intention for us. Ephesians 2.10, Amplified Classic, again, one of the verses Pastor Josel used. I mean, he just, just wonderful. You, you, you need to make sure you're going back and listening to those messages over and over again. We are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Say, I am God's own handiwork. Okay, let's get more than 10 people. Okay. Say, I. I. Not bad. Try that one more time. Say, I. I. Am God's handiwork. His workmanship. First class. Export quality. You say, Pastor, I don't see that. That's my interpretation. Recreated. Oh, come on, stay with me. Say recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for me, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that I should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for me to live. How many of you want that? It says we're his handiwork, recreated, born anew, that we may do those good works which he predestined. In other words, there are things that God has predestined, planned ahead of time, he'd really love for you to get involved with. Not that he's trying to control your life, not that he's trying to manipulate your life, but God's plans for you are good. And you're not doing these things to please him, to gain favor with him. You've already gained favor through the blood of Jesus Christ that has washed you from all your sins. You're born anew. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus 
So you operate out of favor, not to gain favor. Doing those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand, taking a path which he prepared ahead of time. In other words, there is this wonderful, beautiful path that's there. A lot of people say, you know, I'm just really, I'm really waiting on God. No, 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 God's waiting on you. Because if the path is prearranged ahead of time, if it's prearranged and made ready for you to live, and that path has a good life and it's there, that means there is a good life, there is a path, there is a passion, and there is a purpose, and it's all ready for the person, which is you. God's prepared it, God's rearranged it, and he's recreated you, he's filled you with his life and says, come on, will you trust me? Will you follow me? Will you believe me? And will you obey my word? Because if you'll do this prearranged path, this life made ready for you to live is far beyond, in Ephesians 3.20, it says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, dream, hope, or imagine. In other words, there are things you've never even imagined goes, God, oh man, I'm way beyond that. Some of you are praying for something and God's going, oh, okay, that's okay, but man, I am so far beyond that. You ask... Years ago, I'll never forget this. I was in Mindanao with Don and Marlene Ostrom. And, and uh, Don and Marlene were talking to me, and they said, and this is before, I had never even started new life yet. I was still living as a missionary, traveling all over the Philippines. I didn't even live in Manila yet. She said, what would you do if you had all the money you needed? What would you do in the Philippines? So I started saying, oh, I do this, and I do this, and I do this. And what she said so offended me because I embarrassed myself. After I got done telling her what I would do, you know what she said? She looked at me, and she said, peanuts. <laughs> in other words, come on, man. If you're going to dream, dream big. And after that, I thought... My goodness, I think small. Here we are, new life is, I mean, that, that was probably 35 years ago. I was only six years old when that happened. <laughs> new life, I, I, when I was having that conversation, I never even saw myself living in Manila. I never knew that I was going to move to Manila. I never knew I was going to start a church. So here I am thinking I'm dreaming big, and God is going, oh, boy, you got no idea. I've got some things for you you haven't even imagined. There are things you haven't asked because your asking is determined by your imagination. And your asking is so limited because your imagination is so small. And once I stretch your imagination, then I can stretch your asking. But I got things for you. You don't have a clue, boy. Then I moved to Manila. And now we got New Life Churches all over the Philippines and different nations and more and more starting all the time. 
You want to ask me now what I would do? Oh, it would take more than peanuts. I mean, I could spend billions, billions of pesos right now. Easy. Real easy. Yeah, well, that was 35-some years ago. Let me tell you, right now, wherever you're at, you might be struggling. Oh, my feet. And God's going, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. I created you. I have a purpose for you. My plans for you are so good. I have a prearranged path made ready for you to live. And if you'll trust me, if you'll follow me, if you'll believe in me, I will take you. Oh, there is a good life. And you won't be stagnant. You won't be retreating. You will be progressing and increasing. The path of the righteous is like a shining light. The Bible says it gets brighter and brighter into a new day. One thing Pastor Joseph said, you never know where your yes is going to take you. I can tell you one thing, it'll take you into wonderful days. It'll take you into beautiful places. It will take you into a great adventure in God. I need to, some people say, well, I just need to focus more on me. No, no, no. You need to be involved with things that are bigger than you. If you live just for yourself, that's narcissism. If you live for for pleasure, that's hedonism. If you want to live for something bigger than yourself and for God and for others, that's called Christianity. What if we really gave ourselves completely, purposing in our hearts that I was going to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? What if I just made a decision, God, I'm all in. I'm going to trust you with every fiber of my being. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Man, I am running out of time so fast. says this, here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. But the one who sows from a general spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you. God is ready to more than overwhelm you. God is ready to more than overwhelm you. Man, somebody get a hold of that. Somebody believe that, please. For some of you, you, you need that. He's more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do, just as the Scriptures say about the one who trusts in him. Because he has sown extravagantly given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. Listen, that's not just talking about what's in your pocket. The generosity, the generous soul, the Bible says, will be made abundant. Generosity is an attitude that flows out of the heart. It may be your money. It may be your time. It may be your, your skills. But your time, your talent, and your treasure. Gener, generous with the way that you live. Generous with the way that you love. Yes, giving is part of that generosity. Giving time to people. Giving love to people. Giving consideration to people. Make a decision, Lord, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to obey your word. What if in 2020 we made a decision, okay, Lord, I tell you what, this year I'm going to be a tither. I'm, I'm going to give. But, you know, it's just, I just don't, I'm I, I just not convinced, you know. It's just, uh. that's why God says, test me. You're not convinced? Prove me. Prove me in this. 
prove me in this. If I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, you, you can't even you, you don't you don't you don't really believe in that one? Go ahead, prove me, test me in this. What if in 2020 we made a decision to trust God with our money? What if in 2020 we made a decision to actually open up our Bible and read it on a daily basis? I mean, go to Lost and Found. It's been there for the last nine months. Open up your Bible, your iPad, your iPod, your whatever eye you use. But I encourage, you know, I've been, I say this all the time. Read one chapter of Proverbs a day. Come on, you hear me say that all the time. Every day, one chapter of Proverbs. The end of the month, you've read the entire book of Proverbs. The end of the year, you've been through there 12 times. I'm telling you, the wisdom of God will increase in your life. It'll, it'll do something in your character. It'll change who you are. And when you change who you are, who you are determines what you do. What you do is never going to increase. What you do is never going to advance till you as a person advance. You personally, privately advance. Then what you do will increase. What if I took just a little time daily to pray and commit my ways, my family, to him, trusting that my prayers work, praying for your, your, your husband, your wife, your kids, your pastors? Come on, I could get more of an amen on that. You notice all the pastors said amen on that, yeah. Well, what if I took five minutes and prayed? Philippians 4, 6, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing, but be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. But we have that beliktad. We have it backwards. We worry about everything and pray about nothing. And we need to worry about nothing and pray about everything. What if I got involved with praise and giving thanks, not just on Sunday, but even, hey, if some of you just on Sunday would be pretty cool instead of looking like a statue with a pigeon on your head like. What would happen if I came to church and really just began to say, okay, Lord, I, uh, I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship. And just begin to break out and, oh, but people are watching me. Nobody's watching you. I'm afraid to lift my hands. Well, because if you're like this, you already look like a seal. Just get free. Just. <laughs> what if I forgave those who hurt me and I let it go? What if I made a decision, you know, I'm not going to play church anymore. I'm really going to do this with all my heart, mind, and soul. What if I made a decision concerning 2020? Because really the, the greatest challenge you will have for 2020 are the decisions you're going to make. The greatest work you have is the choices, the decisions, and the trust. Because once you make a decision and you choose to believe, then you rest and trust and follow him. Because it's not in your own strength. What if I made a decision? It's time to change. No more excuses. I refuse to say the same. No more Angers or insecurities or fears or overacting with pride or depressions. No more panic attacks. You know, I, I'm just, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you will do something about being sick and tired. You know, in a couple of years, I'm going to write a book, uh, two books. I'm waiting. I have reasons why I'm waiting, but they're going to be a part one and a part two. One, one book is going to be called, Lord, help me. I don't think my wife likes me anymore. Now, that's funny to you because you didn't live through it. But, uh, 
And the second one, part two, is, Lord, help me, I've been an angry man. Man, you've, you've been in new life long enough. You've heard me, sh- heard me share some testimony. But, but uh, when we got married, I was a very angry man. See, we have reasons why we are the way we are. Because everybody has grown up with different experiences in life. Some of you grew up, you have the most wonderful family, a mother who loved their dad, and dad who loved their mother, and you have this wonderful family, and you're all together, and everybody's supporting one another and encouraging, and you're like this wonderful Christmas picture. But then there are other families, and the ugliness, and the fighting, and the strife, and, and the unfaithfulness, and father leaving, or mother leaving, or, or divorces, or separations, or adulteries, or, or, or abuses, physical abuse, mental abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse. People have been judged and yelled and screamed at and put down all of their life, always feeling that they're having to perform, always never measuring up and, and ne- never really feeling like they're accepted. And so these little boys and these little girls grow up to become adults, and as adults, they're still fighting those same things. And those insecurities are hidden behind the faces of grown men and women. So we have reasons why we are the way we are. And we want to advance, we want to increase, and we hear all of these wonderful verses, and when we get ready to advance, we look at the reason, and the reason becomes an excuse. And the wonderful thing about God's Word is we can take the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the prayer, and the mercy, and the presence of God, and apply it to our reason, and stop it from becoming our excuse as to where we cannot change. And that's why to advance is done by the grace of God. It's done by the strength that he gives us. And that grace finds place because of humility, because we acknowledge, Lord, these areas of my life need to change. God's plans for you are still good regardless of other people's actions against you or even your own mistakes. Joshua chapter 3, verse 3, it says, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it. And this is where the children of, of Israel are getting ready to go into the promised land. They were there 40 years earlier. It's called the promised land. But 40 years before, they didn't go in. Why? Unbelief, disobedience, and complaining. It's promised. It's theirs. But they said, we can't. Joshua said, we can. Caleb said, we can. Moses said, we can. And the rest said, no. God said, I will send my angel before you. I will drive out the Hittites, the the Canaanites, the Perizzites, all the ites. I'll drive them out. It's yours. Go. They're going, uh, God said, okay, 40 years in the wilderness. So they go out into the wilderness. I don't know about you. I'm not going to spend my life in the wilderness. If God says that's my land, guess where I want to be? God says there's a life for you. And right here, they're back at the river. And he said, listen, you follow the ark. There will be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, 
that you may know the way by which you must go because you have not been this way before. And that's where God begins to make you nervous because he wants to take you in a direction and do some things you've not done before so you cannot rely upon past experiences. He's saying, come on, trust me. I have a great life for you. I have a great purpose for you. I want to do some things in you. I want to do some things with you. I want to do some things for you. Oh, we are going to have a blast. Come on. Will you follow me? Will you come with me? Will you get involved with the purposes of heaven? To go away you've not been before, have things you have not had, say things you have not said, you're going to have to do some things you have not done. And that's why we use the verse, Philippians 2.13, not in your own strength. It's God who is all the while at work in you. Change in instruction is a way of life. Days of change and increase belong to me. If I'm going to increase, if I'm going to progress, I'm going to have to be willing to change. I'm going to have to say, Lord, there's just some areas that have been a part of me in 2018, 2019, maybe 17, 16. Maybe you go back a while. Maybe there's just some things, some character things, and you just go, I'm done with it. Don't blame the devil. The devil doesn't have the power to keep you bound. Once you make a decision to walk in this word, give place to the Holy Ghost, there's no devil in hell that can stop your liberty and your freedom. None. 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 There is no devil that can hinder the choice that a believer makes. There is no devil that once you say yes to God, yes to this word, obey his spirit, humble your heart, allow the grace of God to come in, the devil himself cannot stop you. Greater is he that is in you than he. If God before you. See, those aren't just... uh, feel-good verses. They're verses that cause you to advance, to progress, for change to come when you go, you know what, i got to be done with that. I'm tired of the joy it steals, the peace it steals, the, the tears that it brings, the sorrow that it causes. I'm done. And whatever humility, whatever it's going to take, I'm going to do what it takes because 2020 is going to be better than 2019. And it's not because I changed the page in, a chal- in the calendar. It's because in my heart I've made some decisions. Jesus, I'm all in. I'm not going to play with this. I'm not going to be emotional. I'm not going to be soulish. I'm going to live out of my heart. Two more verses real quick and I'll wrap this up. If we're going to change, internal change brings external change. Attitudes, character, and beliefs cause us to overcome the world and people around us and how we relate to it. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. Years ago, this became very famous. People preached on this a lot. And the Lord just brought this to my remembrance. It says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, Second Chronicles, First Chronicles 4.10, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and that you would enlarge my territory. In other words, you would increase and cause me to advance. You would take me from where I am to beyond. That you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, and that I may not cause pain. 
It says, so God granted him what he requested. In Mark chapter 4, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then many warned him, be quiet. Has there been any, been any time in your past where a desire has begun to come up, a desire, a godly desire, a want for change, a want for more, and as you begin to reach out, step out, cry out, people around you went, Don't let anybody you when you want more from God. Don't let anybody say, you know, no, 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 no. You just look at them and go, you know, you Well, what did he do? He cried out all the more. Why? There was a desire that could not be quenched. I pray God give you a desire nobody can quench. He cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. Let me tell you, you get a heart cry, you get his attention. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man saying, Be of good cheer. Rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. He basically took his beggar's robe, threw it off, and came to Jesus. That robe was an identity of who he was and what life had been. This is a first, the second demonstration. First, he calls out. Secondly, when he throws off that coat, you know what he's basically declaring? I'm done with this. I'm not going to need that. Because I have an expectation of what's going to come. I'm not going to be sitting on street corners anymore. I don't need to be clothed with something that reminds me of my past. So I'm going to get it off me now while I get ready for my new future. Let me tell you, today you need to throw off any cloak of 219 and walk into 2020 with an expectation. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus, and Jesus answered and said, what do you want me to do for you? He could have said, Man, that thing's really dirty. It's old. And Jerusalem during the winter gets really, really cold. Like right now in Jerusalem, it's really cold. I need a new coat. He could have said, man, this corner has not produced anything in the last three or four days. I've had no money. Do you have some change? He could have said, I've had no money come in. I haven't eaten for three or four days. I am so hungry. I heard that you fed a multitude. How about one beggar? No, he said. He could have said, I've never heard you teach. I've heard about you, but I've never heard you. 
I've heard about you, but I, I've never been able to touch you or be touched by you or seen by you. I would love to be able to hear one of your messages. But by the time I get there, it's so crowded, I can't get close enough to hear you. Or by the time I finally get there, the meeting is over and you're gone. Could have asked for anything. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I want to see. I want, I want my eyes open. And Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. And immediately, immediately, he received his sight, followed Jesus on the road. I don't believe he ever picked that up. Because once he took it off, he was already, let, he was already making a decision. I'm going to advance. I'm advancing into a new liberty. I'm advancing into a new kind of life. I'm advancing into where I can see. Now let me ask you today. Andre, Jesus is standing before you and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Nash, Jesus is standing in front of you and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Albert. Jesus is standing in front of you and he's asking you, what do you want me to do? And we're not talking something superficial. Oh, Lord, you, you know that new car that just, no, 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 no. Something deep that brings a genuine change in heart and life and character, something that's going to be lasting, not a temporary pleasure, something to be consumed and break and fade, but something that has genuine value. What is your heart cry that you really, really desire? Lay, if Jesus stand in front of you, say, Lay, what do you want me to do for you? Because I believe today, tonight, right now, on a daily basis, you have this wonderful Savior, this wonderful Jesus. I'm going to put this on because I'm cold. That is saying, Guiana. What do you want me to do for you? What's the cry of your heart? Katie, what do you want him to do for you? What do you want? And from the cry of your heart and the expectation of your heart, Jesus says, be it unto you according to your faith. Oh, let me tell you, we advance. We progress. We increase in here. And we increase out here as we go forward with a greater joy, a greater thanksgiving, and a greater awareness of the goodness of God working in our life. Because he's got some great things out here, but oh, you got to let him do some things in here so he can take you forward. Father, I thank you for every man and woman that's here what you want to do in them, what you want to do for them, what you want to do through them. 
I thank you for the advance in 2020. I thank you for great change. I thank you for hearts and minds that are being touched by your word and by your spirit. Your, your word is working mightily on the inside of us. You're, you're doing a work on the inside of us, and we yield to that. We submit to that, and we cease the striving and the struggling and the excuses, and we say, Lord, I surrender all. Take my life and mold it and fashion it and thank you for breaking the chains loose because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. I refuse to live with those worries and fears and insecurities and the things that torment my mind. I don't have to, not another year. I can walk in a joy. I can walk in a peace because I'm loved by you and I'm valuable to you and you restore my dignity and my esteem. You call me your own. You've washed me and cleansed me and you've prepared such a good life for me. Heal and restore hearts, minds, bodies, and souls. Before these people go to bed tonight, let them call out to you and say, Lord, do this in my heart. Do this in my life. Do this in my home. Do this for my family. And you watch the Spirit of God move on your behalf. And you continue to follow Jesus. And you advance into a great 2020. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.